0: On today's show, John almost loses his scholarship, gets fired at a greasy spoon and somehow gets mono twice. I almost lose my driving privileges and come dangerously close to fighting a drunk guy while wearing a muscle shirt. plus a conversation on living in the moment. Today's episode is not sponsored by IKEA our
1: instructions are shelf-explanatory. Let's do it entering a new decade of episodes 171 it's talk about that. It's a new decade. Well, within the episode, if the episodes were years, we're in a new decade, 171. If the episodes were years, it's
0: been 171 years. <laughs> I don't understand your... Understand it's a what decade,
1: man. It's, a, it's, a, it's in groups of 10. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm not, so it's this not, is it's not, it's not, decade sorry, I, number 18? I didn't realize you needed everything to be not not literal. I thought you'd I be able to...
0: I don't know what you're doing at all. Yeah. <laughs> I uh I'm celebrating a a a hallmark event today. Today. It's my 26 year anniversary. Wow. Uh
1: of being married. Seems like just yesterday you were only married 25. Mm. Uh. That's such a damn thing. To say. <laughs> yeah, um so I'm Congratulations. Yeah,
0: uh, Curry had to work today and uh but we're going to try to do something tonight.
1: Yeah. We'll yeah, we're talking about some something. cool
0: Nashville stuff. We need to do I need to do something, but I'm, I don't need to talk about it here because then if I don't pull it off, it'll be like, she'll listen to the episode and
1: be like, he was going to do all that. Oh. And then we just, you know, went to crystal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Got a sack full. Happy anniversary. <laughs> I gave you a few things at lunch, some cool Nashville restaurants, but you, you guys are not, I don't know how foodie you are. You like, we're foodie, but
0: you know, it's, I had my niece in, we, we went a lot of places with my niece. Yeah. So yeah, just feels expensive, man. Oh, yeah. But, uh, we went to Pinewood Social.
1: Pinewood Social.
0: Which is very good.
1: Um, and, uh, where else do we go? Party Fowl. Pinewood's got a bowling alley, by the way, in the restaurant. Yeah. For people who don't know that, if you're not Nashville. Uh-huh. If you want to visit Nashville, go to Pinewood Social. Yeah, no, it's got kind of a sponsor. A, it's kind of a cool, uh, hipstery place to be. Yeah, I've written there quite a bit, and a lot of meetings there. It's a nice place to.
0: But, yeah, so it's hard to know. Party Fowl. Because the. Perfect f- name. Her friend wanted, uh, some hot chicken. Mm. and
1: uh, Hot chicken is a Nashville thing, but... He tried
0: the hot. He didn't do ooh. the, what was the um, chicken apocalypse or whatever the hottest was. Yeah. A flockalypse. <laughs> I think they call it. I'm, I'm serious. I think they have some <laughs>
1: kitschy name for it. Well, they've already named a pun for their restaurant, which I just think. Or is yeah. that a homophone? nil. Where, where you spell it differently, but it's pronounced the same. Foul and foul. Huh. I don't know. There's no way to know.
0: You're, you're the English, you're the one who writes books, John. This is sad. You almost said
1: I'm the English major. I, I'm not an English major. It's dumb that you I were write an Eng, books.
0: weren't you an English minor. No, you were biblical. Johnny, I barely speak English. You were a history major, political science minor. Really? Yeah, I didn't know this.
1: You didn't know that? Yeah, Johnny, uh-uh. I have a degree in political science. That's why. And you didn't go into politics. I'm not sure political science is what you, you take to in. get into politics. You, you take law to get into politics. Oh, you, you really? You go all the way to law school, usually.
0: Huh. Yeah. Because
1: that way you understand But then, then they don't have the
0: science. They don't have political, <laughs> the science behind it. not sure it's a science right now as much as Maybe that's art. why so many of them deny science. They're like, you know what? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> what is science, really? Should have taken political science. I just was told I could stand here and argue and
1: that people would vote for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, because it's a bachelor of arts with a major in history and a minor in political science. I have a bachelor of arts in a science. How does that? Does that feel like a
0: a misogynistic term to call your your undergrad like a bachelor degree? Because what women get them? They're not bachelors.
1: Wow, I've never actually thought of the etymology of where they should get a.
0: What would it be? Uh, wow, you're going to make it worse. A maid. A bachelorette. A maid degree? Like if
1: you're. No, what would it be? Oh, I'm sure everyone would love to have a maid's degree. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just. <laughs> a bachelorette degree, yeah. Yeah, a bachelorette
0: degree. Why they don't they give we're... you like a rose? They choose <laughs> you at
1: the end? <laughs> like, Here you I go. don't need to be chosen. I just paid $100,000 and worked for four years. Do you think uh, just because you
0: pay t- tuition that you deserve your degree?
1: Well, if you get the grades, Johnny. Uh uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you'll get the grades if, you, if your check clears.
1: <laughs> Lots of people drop out of college for grades, and that's the hard part, that they've paid for it.
0: Oh, man, what a bummer to yeah. go tell your family that. Mm-hmm. So my niece is in the aviation program at Auburn. She starts – that's why she came in. She came in sort of kind of her last visit before she started Do they call school.
1: it the War Eagle program? They don't. They don't. They okay. call
0: it a floccalypse, which I was surprised by. Uh. No, she's starting right, freshman. She's just starting, yeah. and you know she wants to be a pilot, and you know it's not cheap. This is an expensive program, you can imagine, because oh, yeah. you're right away you're in flight training, and you're in, you know, you're going. She's going to be in planes a lot. And is she going military? She was doing ROTC, like as part of it, but I'm not sure if she's going to. No, she definitely. She wants to be commercial, but she was. She, she's she's military family. Yeah. Like, uh, like my brother-in-law was Air Force, and uh, he was a navigator, so. I don't I don't know. I don't think she wants the military application though at all. She I think she wants to fly. With lots of
1: your commercial. There's so pilots. few
0: female private pilots and so it's kind of like she's she's excited about that part of it that she
1: gets to kind of be Oh yeah. Yeah. It'd be a great field to go into. I mean it's a lot of obviously. I'm looking travel. forward to
0: the free flights. Oh yeah. That's what I want. It's gonna be a
1: while. I want my benefits. It's gonna be a while. Like, well, will yeah. you still be a comedian when she finishes I don't all that? Like from, your you attitude.
0: <laughs> will well, I still be a comedian?
1: I remember my freshman year. Um, speaking of paying for things, I remember because I had the scholarship that we talked about the other day, where you talk about. No, we're gonna, John driver we're talk about. Island. Let's talk
0: about your scholarship again. No, no, you're really proud of yourself. Let's talk
1: about how I almost lost it.
0: Oh, really? So, I didn't know this. Yeah. So
1: this is. See. You're so quick to judge, and here I was going to be vulnerable about my misgivings. I didn't know your
0: political science minor, and I did not know that you almost lost your scholarship. You
1: and your Tom, this feels like a form
0: didn't get sent in, or you something. you and your tomfoolery feels foolery. like a technicality, though. It's not feel; it doesn't feel like something like your grade wasn't there. It feels like you forgot to email them or something. No,
1: but I haven't told this story since I've been since I've been out of recovery. So I I, I can see now as I'm previewing it in my mind how I still tilt it to my advantage. So I'll tell it as I would normally tell it, and then we'll pick apart all the things that I should have told differently.
0: (laughs) It's my favorite thing to do.
1: Our podcast should
0: be called Pick Apart That, because that's what we do. You say something that's pretty, you know, know, whatever. It's very benign, and I'm like, let's talk about your motives. And then I get into it and make you sound like a horrible person. It's my favorite thing.
1: So I went in, and you and I both um, immediately that first semester we started working volunteering we talked about it, at a church so mm-hmm. i was teaching Sunday school playing piano you were playing guitar by the mid semester i think yeah. we were starting a band did we start the first semester or was it the second uh it was- i
0: think we were already playing in 98 when you started school
1: yeah and yeah. so then i went and ran for freshman council vice. and the balls won
0: the championship that year yeah so is that a coincidence? coincidence?
1: Pro- yeah, probably. Was. Yeah, a big one probably. My dad used to always say he thought that God just honored God just basically because I went there. Like,
0: yeah, that's you know, he why he decided
1: to give us a you know, hey, you know what, they might as well get one because I love John and we
0: didn't win since. Also, <laughs> God honoring. God's like, look,
1: you only get one. God, like, you only get <laughs> this sounds just like God to me. So <laughs> it yeah. Does. yeah. So freshman council, I ran for vice chairperson and won, which is which was dumb. Mm-hmm. And so and then. I was on the student there's five branches of student government in Tennessee.
0: And but hold on, let me see if I can guess them. Executive, legislative.
1: <laughs> I don't you had student um, services.
0: Party planning.
1: You had uh some sort of there was some other council, I forget what all of them were. I was on three of them that freshman semester. Oh wow
0: you took a lot of So on. I did
1: freshman council, I did student services, and I was some other representatives. I had these meetings like every night and I had a girlfriend. Yeah. Immediately. And I was taking
0: immediately, of course I got a girlfriend,
1: in retrospect, I probably should not have immediately, you know, but I jumped right into a relationship and she lived way out. Yeah. And so I would drive because she was out near where the church was actually probably 20 minutes more.
0: Coming back at all hours of the night. Yeah. You get it.
1: Yeah. I'd go out on dates and stay out late. And I was taking Calc two. Mm. Okay. Uh, That's like twice as hard as Calc one. Calculus 2 is so hard I took AP calculus in high school Calculus 2 is so hard, I had no idea Like It was one of the first times I was ever lost in a class Like My roommate was brilliant And he's a lawyer now in Nashville And I would literally stay up at night He would explain to me what the professor was talking about And that was the first time in my life I was like, I have no clue what this is So it was a very jarring thing And then I was in chemistry, freshman chemistry Which is like a nightmare Just a nightmare at Tennessee so I had like 18 hours, freshman chemistry, calc two, three branches of government, new girlfriend, new band, church we're working at. And I just, I, I did too much. Mm-hmm. And so, and I got mono, I think that semester. Okay. I like a relapse because I had it in high school. Cause Wait a I minute, just, you can get mono more than once? Yeah, you can relapse. It's so like my throat was... It's so- called a relapse? Yeah. Sounds like you fell like off the wagon. Like the virus wagon. would stay. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my best to keep mono at bay, but it was too tempting. I've been clean from mono for... It was bad because I, I, yeah. my, my, my my tonsils and everything would grow big. I think my tonsils are for out, but I just... I remember I was so tired all the time.
0: Your lymph nodes, your yeah. uh, underneath your throat there, underneath your jawline.
1: Yeah, it got sick, wasn't doing well. And so my grades, you had to keep it 325 uh-huh. In average in order to keep the scholarship, and I was at three point one four. Oh, boy! When I got it that first year, and I remember like my life flashed before my eyes, like it was this you had just said. That's what cued it for me. This idea that I was going to go home after yeah. getting this scholarship, and after I had succeeded at well, everything, you could still have
0: stayed, You just have to pay for it, right? Yeah, but. Yeah, even so the, much, so much the money. The shame,
1: though, winning right. the scholarship was like a life-changing, yeah. oh my gosh, you know, because it was a only 10 students out of the whole population of that class, and mm-hmm. it was a big sort of thing, and they'd honored me big at home. It was one of those, like, I just blew it. Yeah. And I had a semester to be on probation, and so I remember that semester just being like, I, I, got, I have to do better, obviously. so I don't
0: remember this happening. Yeah. You were just putting your head to the, putting your nose to the what have you, and I was just like...
1: You're You're late for band practice. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's wrong with you?
1: What's man? What are you? What are you so stressed out for? Yeah, I was ma-
0: I was married. Yeah. Oh,
1: and I was so mad at you for it. Yeah. Yeah. You were married already. Not a care. That's in a the very world.
0: evangelical, young evangelical thing to be mad about. Oh, sure. Because you're just imagining my perfect life just because I can have sex.
1: I think you were making it out to be pretty perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you know what? Oh, well, there like... was some making out. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: don't know. It's stupid.
1: <laughs> you were like, you were like, hey, sorry about your problems. I'm married. I'm gonna go home now. You know, it yeah. was just real. You had no empathy. I'm just kidding. You had empathy.
0: No, but I did. I did not realize that your grades had slipped and that you were in danger of losing your. Maybe you told me. And
1: uh, well, it was probably the hardest. One of the hardest semesters, class-wise, of college was my first one, which was not smart. So the next one. 4. Next 4. one was easier. I don't remember what I made the next one, but I graduated. You stayed in, yeah, it, I stayed in and didn't lose it, and that was a Jesus blessing. So, but but uh,
0: I mean, when they so yeah, so they give you that p- probation
1: period to like pull it back up they don't just be like you fell below this yeah they gave you permission i got it one semester to pull it up the deal is though that was around the time that i began realizing i don't think i want to do student politics and all that on the level i used to because i was student council president in high school and president of all the classes and all those things i just i loved that stuff that leadership and that's when i began to access more of the like artsy ministry side yeah like i think i would feel better writing songs or writing or ministering you know so it really was a big kind of turn that i still struggle with And though maybe i should have stayed on and done more you know so um but i i don't know i it just it, it kind of be president by now maybe guys i'm asking for your vote in 2024 <sighs> to know, we need a new voice i
0: think it's a lot of old yeah. people running you know
1: yeah. Are you saying I'm not old? I like that. Well, not old compared to who's running. It's true. you realize, realize I late, could late 70s? I, I could mean, have been on. president seven years ago. That's how old I am now. Let that... Yeah. Wow. But yeah, it's true. I would be a lot younger than the people in office now. Did I ever tell you that I
0: was on probation for my license?
1: I think time? you have told me.
0: I got my license suspended. Um, Well, it was basically I got like two or three tickets in a row. And there was Tennessee had just changed the rule. It was like points.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it was like 12 points in a year. And I got two like six-point tickets <laughs> in three months.
1: <laughs> I wish they wouldn't call them points. It sounds like a good thing. Yeah, it sounds
0: like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the opposite of golf. Like golf is, when you score, it's bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like they the should...
0: Op- the, the object of golf is to play the least amount of golf. It's just, the, that's a weird thing. But right. yeah, so the object of... You don't want to score points. This is not Grand Theft Auto. When they say above par, shouldn't yeah. it be below par. Man, my, my head just exploded. Okay. But, so yeah, so that's what happened. So I I was you know working a job, all this stuff, a married person. It's just like, it's very dehumanizing. You're like, do you get this call? I went to court and they were like, yeah, technically we're supposed to suspend your license. So I got this letter. And then I went to this place where there was like, it was called a hearing. I was like, well, that's a he- I mean, when do you say hearings on... You know, I think of like congressional hearings. And they got a little
1: placard that says, where were you? And you're like, a little placard says, Mr. Weddington, a little pitcher of water. Yeah, you're sitting exactly.
0: There. Like, and somebody's whispering in my ear. Um, Senator,
1: I do not recall. Were you doing 45 and a 20? Hey, I don't put, put your hand in the microphone, talk to your <laughs> lawyer, come back. It feeds back a little bit. Uh, Could you repeat the question? But
0: it wasn't that at all. It was some little outbuilding like you see when schools do like... A portable. Yeah, it's a portable. You had a a hearing with a judge in a portable? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You could tell it's like, this doesn't really count. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been a scam. Maybe there was like, give me your PIN number. And then they just take my credit card number. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, so I went to a hearing in a portable and it was just this judge. She goes, I'm going to record this. She started like an actual cassette recorder. Wow. And she, whatever. And then she said... You know, I don't. I don't remember if I had to make she said, a statement. Son,
1: what is wrong with you? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Slow down, and she's hit stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're free to go. No, basically, she said you've got a year to, like, if you get we're going to give you a probation, and if you get a ticket in this year, then we're going to suspend your license. And you are like,
1: but I got all these tickets. Where do I redeem them? Can exactly. I get the teddy bears? She just or- put them on
0: this spindle, and she had this one of those things with the. But it was basically this thing of like the fear of God. You're like, oh, no,
1: I can't get a ticket.
0: And I, I was pretty much a speed demon then. I was always late to things. So I'm always in a hurry. And uh, I remember, but she said, if you get a ticket this year, we'll suspend your license for a year. Oh, wow. So I wasn't. it wasn't suspended, but, I, but it was suspended. Between, between the time I got the letter and that hearing, I couldn't drive. So it was like six days that I had to get rides places. So it was already like I don't want a year. Yeah, don't want this
1: life. Yeah,
0: and so I said sure. I signed the papers, and then I got a ticket like three months later.
1: No way! But
0: I went to driving school, and they don't ever turn it in. You know, if you go to driving school, you never it never sees.
1: But they should have should have been flagged in the system. It's
0: not. It's not how it works. I bet
1: you flipped out when you got pulled over.
0: I may have lost my mind did
1: you beg the officer like no. if I get one more i'm gonna he's yeah. like sir step out of the car that's yeah, yeah. exactly
0: one time i one time i did get, get stopped i remember this because my two friends that were in the car with me still say this there were i was going on 640 in knoxville huh? which used to be 55 now it's 65 but i was going uh i don't know what i was going but i was <laughs> i really don't know but I, don't, I didn't think I was speeding. You know, you're in the car and you're just like, this feels like the right speed. I'm with traffic. Yeah. And this cop gets out and it's, a, it's somebody who's with, like they're training somebody. Oh, no. And so they're not going to give warnings. It's that whole thing. Like, you know, if you're training somebody, you're trying to be like, this is how we do this. We're going to be tough. Yeah. And so I was with my buddy, Jeff. He was in the backseat and Curry was with me. We just started dating or maybe she was still dating Jeff. But she goes, this lady cop comes and she goes, uh. Do you know how fast you were going? And I go, no, I'm 55, I think. She goes, you were going 67. And I go, 67? And the way I said it, it was like, evidently that offended her. She goes, get out of the car. And I go, oh, no. And so I tried to like, no, no, I'm fine. You know, she was like, get out. And so I got out and she had me like stand at the back of the car while she, you know, ran the stuff. It was like a very, like a power move because I said 67. So when, we, when I got back in, I mean, forever, Anytime we were like 60 they said 67 <laughs> Curry still if she hears the number 67 <laughs> she'll say it in a very incredulous tone.
1: Oh my is, is this is so 640 is also where you're famous for another. Oh that's right. That's when I got that's when I got out of the car. Yeah, Johnny and I were working out late. That's back when we were getting fit for the first time.
0: Yeah. Running races. First of many.
1: Working out. I had no children obviously, so uh, we could go all hours of the night to the health club. Uh-huh. And we both were, like, sleeveless. We came back, and this lady was on the side of the road, and this dude was, like, harassing her.
0: Yeah, it was, tra- it was tra- trailing her in a car. Yeah, and and she was like, walking. get in the car, get in the car. You could tell it was one of those situations. And she's walking away, and I'm like, this feels really weird. Yeah,
1: it was, like, 1130, midnight. It was late.
0: Yeah, Saturday night. So we look at each other, like, what do we do? We took the next exit, looped around, got behind, or got, a f- got in front of the guy uh-huh. and in front of the lady so that we were kind of in between. She was in between us. And then I get out, or you get out. I probably got out because I was on the passenger side. Was I driving? We both got remember. out, and it was like, "Hey, do you are you in trouble? Do you need a ride?" And she was did, like, "She was like, I'd like a ride. That would yeah. be great." And then the guy gets out. He stops. He comes over, and he starts talking to us. And he's kind of like a shrimpy guy. Yeah, but you can tell he's like. Either he's been drinking or he's just got a really bad personality and is just he belligerent be belligerent all the time because he was being very like, this is none of your business. Stay out of this.
1: Yeah. You know. So he <laughs> starts to kind of come in the back door of the car where she is. Yeah,
0: she's getting in the car and he's, and he's trying to stop her.
1: And you, <laughs> all of a sudden, Johnny, gentle Johnny. Like, oh, boy. Like, it's like you, what was that it was guy? It's a damsel in distress, right? Yeah, like you kind of hulked up a little bit. Yeah. And the guy looked at you, turned and looked at you, and you said, hey, I promise you don't want to fight me. (laughs) It was awesome. And uh, he didn't. No. And he backed off and went back to his car and we took the lady home, and that was it. Yeah,
0: and the thing I remember about that is we go to church Sunday, (laughs) and the way church was, John played on the worship team, and our drummer, Andy, played drums. It was one of those things where you get to worship practice late, and you guys do the songs. So you don't have time to debrief any stories from the weekend or catch up. But then there's this walk. Like you go back behind the stage after worship, and then you walk underneath in the fellowship hall and get to the back of the room. Go back up the stairs to the back of the room. And then you walk in and sit down with your family. Right. And that's how the worship team would do it. In other words, you don't just get off stage and walk forward. They would go back. Right. So I knew, like, I was counting the minutes. Like, <laughs> as you guys got off stage, I was like. John is telling Andy this story right now. And I have like two minutes until Andy's going to give me crap about it. So Andy comes and I feel him come down the aisle and he sits right next to me. And then, like, somebody's doing announcements or whatever. And right in the middle of the announcements, I can hear like they fade out and Andy just turns to me and he goes, I promise you, (laughs) you do not want to fight me. And I just kind of hung my head, like, yeah. That's uh, awesome. It's a great story.
1: So now you have two on 640 in Knoxville, yeah. f- things that all your friends, I mean, who could say that in life? <laughs> Famous for more things than, the,
0: yeah. than just one. I'm, patro- I'm patrolling 640, bro. I'm I, I am. Tell you something. I'm either... Shrimpy, <laughs> drunk dude to beware. Now, seven's nothing. That's two over. I'm not even going to get pulled over. I was ahead of my time, is what I'm saying. It's true. Yeah, you I were- probably was doing 67, at
1: least. <laughs> 67? I've never heard that story.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I I sped a lot. I mean, I mean, I was a big time speeder. I was too. I don't speed at all anymore. Isn't that funny? You know what did it? It's not even the tickets. It's the hybrid. Really? I'm constantly watching my, whether I'm in EV mode, which means you're all battery. So to do that, you kind of have to like stay under the speed limit and kind of tap your brakes and get it in that mode. And then you kind of can hover in where it's not using the gas at all.
1: This is an extremely emasculating story. It very is. It
0: it feels like, uh, I don't know. It's like. I like the rush of getting good gas mileage more than the rush of so I just leave wow. on time, and I get good gas mileage. Wow,
1: and I still I, I still speed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I just know and
0: I'm not a real man. I'm sorry. I no, just, it's uh, no,
1: it's okay. I just know all the spots where the cops might be. Oh, that's what you do. You have the apps. Where I go? Well, they have all those. They have all those crowd sourced uh, apps. Have you seen the, those?
0: Like Waze, where they'll be like popos up here. I rarely whatever. use the
1: apps. I just know... like even between here and Knoxville, I know every spot they could be because I mean I've driven it. I don't know, 700 times like I know. So you
0: just go, like, you fly, and then you just slow down at those spots? Yeah. Wow. It's instinctive. isn't Isn't that just like our lives? Boy, guys, isn't it, though? But, unfortunately, someone's always watching, John.
1: Wow. You know, it's always funny. Someone said that to me the other day. The whole God's always watching thing is always negative. Yeah. Like, it's never... Wow. And he's proud of you, yeah. Right, it's never like God's watching because He cares. Yeah, it's God's watching because He wants to get you. And so you think about all the youth ministry ways of saying that. Now, look, right. guys, I know when no one's around, and you think no one's watching. It's like, yeah, it should be comfort that, that you hear that God's always watching.
0: Yeah, because sometimes you are the guy trying to get your girlfriend to get in the car, and you're being dumb, and God's like, I promise you, <laughs> you do not want to fight me. I took down Jacob. I'll I'll take you down too. I'll break your hip too, pal. Oh, my goodness. You'll need a new hip. Oh, my goodness. Wasn't that like one of our suggested names for our band? Jacob's hip. Jacob's hip. That would have been the dumbest. (laughs) It's so. You know what? It wasn't any dumber than Scarlet Thread or Five Smooth Stones.
1: They were all dumb. Well, Jacob's
0: hip. But it sounds like you're saying Jacob's hip, like he's a hip well, guy. Well, maybe that's what we were going for. Oh. A double entendre. But nobody tundra. says that. It's like from the 60s.
1: Maybe you're, a, you're a hip cat. <laughs> I wonder what we'd call our band today. I'd be so scared There's to pick no, something. That's
0: the thing. We're so over evangelical culture, and it's so saturated, and it's it would everything would be cringeworthy to us, even stuff that's not really that cringy, probably. Yeah. So that's a bummer.
1: The idea, We've lost our
0: innocence, John.
1: Yeah, the idea of trying to make something cool is so well. That's the thing
0: too. As you get older, you don't care about being right. cool. It anymore. feels
1: inauthentic to me. It's yeah. like I don't know. I want to pick something that I like. Yeah, but then, like I said, you got whether it's writing or you'd have to
0: think about your band though. Like when you're starting a band and you go, "Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, my name is Mike Weaver, but people call me Big Daddy Weave." So let's call our band Big Daddy Weave. Like even he he's done interviews where he's like, "Really think through your band names, guys." <laughs> like he has so much regret about that because he didn't know they were going to be a big deal and be like one of the biggest Christian bands, and now he's big. Your Big Daddy Weave forever. Yeah, Hootie and the Blowfish. It's just but see what, that that though. What is that? Darius Rucker is going to be called Hootie until the day he oh, dies. I heard a Hootie song. He's not Hootie. I, just,
1: I still love it. Yeah.
0: You like Hootie? Oh, I love Hootie. I think Hootie took too much hate. There was too much Haiti for Hootie. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. The thing I've learned. I learned about music early on when we started actually doing it and trying to get labels to be interested in us you just learn a lot more than you do as like a music consumer. And one of those things is that when somebody explodes and becomes, they're on the radio every day and they, they're on the radio so much that you kind of get tired of them. Yeah. And you're like, who do these guys think they are? They've spent 10 years getting to that moment. Right. And I, I don't think you realize that as a music consumer, but if you're in a band, you realize that's years of begging your friends to come to shows So you're not embarrassed. Yeah. It's, it's so many. Cause like Marty, my friend, Marty, who, uh, played, Football for uh, for South Carolina. He grew up in Columbia, and they were local heroes for ten years. They'd play all these dive bars, Hootie. Yeah, so they were playing. I want to hold your hand, and I only want to be with you. Like they were playing. Let her cry. Ten years before it exploded, and so he was just like so rooting for them, and then it just became this like ah them again, and they became uncool to like Hootie or whatever.
1: Yeah, if I if I could go back in time. I wish we did play eight years, yeah, we probably were right on the precipice, Johnny.
0: Well, who knows? that's the thing, yeah, you, uh, you mean about ten, yeah, to like get mad, break up, get back together, do all the things that you do as a band.
1: but the fear would be whether our wives place me, whether our wives are gonna break up with us or not. I think it was at the point of how long can I go do this for. Two hundred dollars. Well, you
0: had all this. Yeah, you probably had more ambition than I did. I kind of was along for the ride and never made a lot of money, and so it wasn't like a thing of like, like if we don't, if we're not making this by this, then this has been a waste of our time. No,
1: and, and truthfully, if I'm looking back accurately, if it's probably it's the move to Nashville that changed everything. Yeah, and you you broke up the band. Well, I got fired from yeah. my job. Yeah. So thanks for bringing up that painful memory <laughs> at Huddle House. Have we ever told that? I don't know. Wow, it's a lot of personal stories today. It really is. Shameful
0: uh, personal stories.
1: So, uh, by the way, he passed away. I, I went and looked. My old, my old pastor, I don't know if you knew that.
0: No, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: it. I looked up the other day, and he, it was this year, earlier this year. Oh, I, I didn't know, yeah. So, um, I could tell that story. That's fine. Well, you could have told it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, he, so there was a church in, in just south of Knoxville, a little church. I was in grad school. in Alcoa. In Alcoa.
0: If you know... Alcoa, famous for all the aluminum. Mm-hmm. Aluminium.
1: Yep. It means Aluminum Company or Corporation of America. Alcoa. Yeah, there you go. Man. So, so um, what is that, an acronym or anagram? That's a Ac- homophone. Acronym. So.
0: Okay. What if acronym was an acronym for wow, something? We just don't know it yet.
1: All, I don't know. Capital. A- <laughs> okay. So, uh, I was in teaching out in Mariville in. Took that job. You came over there because you're you're a good friend. You're just a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And so you were working with us with with youth. You and Curry and we uh, that guy. There had been about ten youth pastors, if I remember correctly, in like twelve years there. So it had high turnover in mm-hmm. the youth ministry.
0: I think a lot of churches have that story. Yeah, especially then.
1: Yeah, it was small. the nineties. Was
0: a very like get somebody else in here. Yeah, we got to handle these kids.
1: Yeah. But the youth pastor before had been there a long time and and he was a friend and we'd played, that's how I got the job is we'd play music there. Yeah. And so when he was going, he was going back to school. So Mm -hmm. he, you know, had me come interview and I got the job. It was great. We spent four years there and we still have, I mean, amazing memories, great kids. And I was teaching school full time that whole time. And so, um, in the end, uh, I remember I got a phone call from my pastor yeah. And things, there have been some things getting weird. I mean, I'd been there four years at that point. So I'd already been, you know, past a lot of the, the time that people stay. And, um, and I remember he said, I want to meet for breakfast before you go to work. Cause I was going to school. I was like, okay, so we met at a huddle house, which if you don't know what a huddle house is. So you had no idea this was going to be bad. I knew, I had a feeling. Oh, okay. It was weird when he wanted to meet before school. Yeah. Huddle House is like a poor man's Waffle House Like it's, Some people like Huddle House better I love Waffle House I
0: don't don't know, I think think Huddle House Isn't it regional though too, do some places have both? I don't know Is it like White Castle Crystal? Because some places have both of those too
1: I feel like I saw Huddle House the other day Somewhere out of state, wherever I was And I can't remember Anyway, so I sit down and I remember the guy He wouldn't, something was wrong But he wouldn't come out with it And this was weird, I was going to be late for school And so I actually fired myself Oh wow! I said, Pastor, I, I'm going to be late. Are you firing me? I just, I really need to know. And he was like, Well, mm, yeah. I was like, Okay, well, I'll, I'll call you later. So I fired myself in a Huddle House that day. Wow! Went to school, taught all day, mm-hmm. and um,
0: was it like heavy on your head? Like, oh
1: yeah, And probably probably little, it's
0: for the kids too. You're thinking like, what are these yeah. kids that I've poured my life into? What are they going to do? Not just what am I going to do? But
1: yeah, I was probably way traumatic. I I, realized, remember, looking, I remember our youth
0: pastor just left. And it was kind of over a schismatic thing where the pastor, there was some jealousy. You could just tell. Like the youth pastor would preach on some Sundays, and it'd be this gigantic, you know, different energy in the room, and people would come and bring friends. And the pastor had been there for years and years and years, so there was jealousy there. And then when he moved on to something else, it was like it broke my heart. Like I was 14. Yeah. So I know that I had to weigh on your mind.
1: Still weighs on me a little bit, uh, those kids. And I hear from some of them in adulthood because the bottom line is, well, we didn't know we were about to move, but pastor never told me. Mm -hmm. Someone had said something about me that I had done or whatever, but he wouldn't tell me. He'd promised he wouldn't tell. Not a not a great move. My yeah, opinion. I don't yeah. like that. When you're like,
0: hey, there's gossip about you, but I got to keep my word. Yeah. It's like, but I'm gonna fire you over this thing that right. can be like, can it be unsubstantiated?
1: Yeah, I just think it run its course. Again, I was I was outstaying the welcome of yeah. the normal tenure. When well, you
0: didn't really, we didn't fit the culture at all of of that. But gosh, we love that the kids, leadership. Man. We were That's the so thing. We fit embedded. the culture of that. We made our own culture there. But as far as the culture of that church, the existing culture yeah. was very like wood pews, traditional music. It was
1: an old Catholic church. Yeah, it was a beautiful facility. Mm-hmm. Um, with lots of friends, and and he was great. I mean, I was very. I realized I think I had more patience. I look back a lot at younger John and go, wow, I I, I was more, I, I was less, um, likely to like fight for myself. Yeah. Now, I'd fight for my wife or fight for the kids, all those kinds of things. But
0: when you're still a kid, you're taking cues from the adult. You're like, this adult must know better about this, maybe. I, you I, know? Mean, I knew it was
1: wrong, but I really think I had to trust in the Lord. Yeah. See, it, this, is, no, this is getting real deep. Like I had already lost most of my friends from there who'd worked with us over other church things unrelated to us, yeah. you know. And I knew, like I knew in my heart, they were going before they went. And I never, I was like, hey, I know this is happening. Yeah. So I guess I kind of sensed something was going to change, and I was, I really had a trust, like, a, oh, this is going to be fine. Um, it's going to be painful, but it's going to be. You know, I can't, I can't make this work, you know. So when we left there, this job came open, mm-hmm. which was crazy. It's a whole crazy story I got here and we ended up leaving after I finished school um, teaching that time I took this full time job here now 18 years later almost I'm still here and you came later that's when the band we were still playing shows when I was first a youth pastor here yeah and it just it just wasn't gonna uh, that, and I'm, I apologize to you and to the bandmates <sighs> we were so close I just think it wasn't gonna I, I couldn't do it all I was you know, doing construction here but the best part of this whole story is that and the reason I tell it and, and don't hide it as much is that pastor two years later called me mm-hmm. and asked me if he could come to Mount Juliet. And I said, okay. And I was like, ah, cause I did have some hurt and everything, but yeah. Andrew had really been a huge part of the healing. Cause now going from someone being suspicious of you to I'm on the back of a backhoe with this other pastor who's like just all relational, showing right. me how to do things. He had some church hurt, too. Like, it was just very much a kindred thing, and a lot of healing happened on those few years that I was like, oh, okay.
0: So he came and met you. Did you say, only if we can go to Huddle House?
1: No, I went to Cracker Barrel.
0: Oh, okay. You don't have a Huddle House up. here.
1: Yeah, I could have went to Waffle, but I agreed to do it, though yeah. I almost didn't. Like, I don't need this. I'm not mad. It's yeah. fine,
0: you know. You knew kind of ahead of time what it was going to be.
1: But he sat there. Well, I didn't know. I didn't. Really. Okay. He sat there in Cracker Barrel and Mount Juliet in tears. Oh, wow. And he told me. He said, hey, listen, I listened to the wrong people. I shouldn't have listened to them, and I was wrong about this. And he said, it's, it's, it's been like living in hell for two years. Oh, man. He's like, I want you to forgive me. So he, I never know still to this day what was said about me, but he owned it. And yeah. I mean, my respect for him, and, and, and so, again, I honor. Who among us hasn't done something, you know, where right. we just were in the wrong place in that season of life? But it takes – it's it's a – It's the way of Christ to say, Oh, I missed this, you know, and I shouldn't have done this. And so it was a real. I I can still hold that story. i like, Oh, I was done wrong. But the truth is, it was made right, you know, it really was. And so I I honor And then you were like, I got to.
0: You excused yourself, and then you ditched him with the tab, (laughs) didn't you? Come on, man.
1: One last. Uh, No, I love. He was. He was. and he had dementia at the end of his life and everything, and and I, it couldn't have been an easy road, yeah. you know, for him. But but I always appreciated, and he was always kind to me and stuff. And and we had some in, you know bad things. Some of the there. stuffs
0: like differences just generational. Like he came out of like the tent revivalist movement, and yeah. Stuff. So it was very like when your attendance is down, what you got to do is put a tent in the parking lot and have a big revival service for a right. week, and that'll get things. Like that was the big solution to everything was like, put some energy into the thing.
1: Yeah, we had a pretty, I mean, for a church of that size, probably, you know, 100, 150 maybe. I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, we had a youth group usually of 25, 30, and we had our own separate building. I was thinking this huge facility, remember Mm -hmm. that? Because it was an old Catholic school. So we were doing all that we could do. The kids were almost all in poverty, and, you know, we were newlyweds and didn't have a lot, both working. Laura's working 12-hour shifts at the ER, and We loved that time. Yeah, we do all kinds of things with the kids, but it was as much sometimes being like family. Yeah. Somebody needs a winter coat for school. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody needs lunch money. Somebody needs. And so it really was like a pure, a very pure community in that respect of being with those kids. Um, Because us not having kids, they were kind of like that. And our youth leaders were the same with them. We took them everywhere. You remember all the trips we went. It was so much fun. And a lot of kids had never been out of state, never seen the ocean, never, you know. Our one sweet girl, I remember we went by, um, there's a statue, a replica of the Statue of Liberty. This maybe, you know, 40 feet high somewhere in Alabama, you know. And she was probably 12. Yeah. She didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she was like, is that the real Statue of Liberty? You know, like, you know, And you and, and it was one of those, like, it was so just precious she hadn't been a lot of places and she saw the statue of liberty and she was like oh and i think we told her no it's not the real one you know we could (laughs) have nate
0: has a bit about that nate barganzi has a bit about thinking that the rocket in was it huntsville yeah that's like a gift shop he's like is that the real rocket like he's he's like (laughs) i'm asking these questions people are like are you that dumb like it's a gift shop
1: (laughs) i remember Oh, remember that trip come up the same trip yeah because we're talking at lunch about Every once in a while, Johnny will lose his cool, and it's the best thing I have a
0: thing of, like, the best I'm thing very peacemaker and just swallow it until... But I think I keep records, and that's wrong, too. Like, where I'm like, all right, this is going on your permanent record. It's like, you know, that gif of uh, of Ryan marking in the book on the office you know where he's just like writing checking things off like i feel like i'm making a list still i'm yeah. like all right i'm not gonna so when i finally explode on you it's like remember in june of 1987 when you said but yeah i think i have that it's not good but
1: yeah. johnny you want to unpack that or <laughs> yeah, well, i think we are currently <laughs> unpack that we had been in gulf shore's it it was a three van. We took three vans, right? Mm. Or was it two?
0: I don't know. No, we lot. took three because my yeah. parents
1: went and my, I think my parents drove one for yeah. us. So we had that many kids. It was like 40 <laughs> kids. Yeah. And we had this, it was a really cool trip. And on the way back, we were just exhausted. And you yeah. were riding in my van. I was driving pulling uh-huh. a trailer, I think, of luggage. Yeah. I, I don't remember who it was. One of the kids just was like, one of these, are we yeah. there yet? Do you remember who it was. I really don't. Yeah. I, no, I honestly don't tell me. Okay. I, I honestly can't you can tell me after recording, yeah, but I, yeah. I honestly don't remember. Yeah, it
0: was like somebody really like just complaining about everything.
1: And you <laughs> You were riding shotgun. And I just remember like they just kept going and going and we were driving through, but I don't know, we were maybe, I don't know, halfway through Alabama on the going north, and all of a sudden Johnny just snapped. <laughs> and he turned. And he said, John... Because I think we'd had a we'd lost the caravan back yeah. then. There was no GPS, all yeah. that stuff. You know, you're like John has been driving for seven straight hours, and all you have to do <laughs> is ride. That's all you have to do. <laughs> and like, the kids' eyes
0: got real big. You know, yeah. I'm <laughs> gigantic, 250 just, pound person shouting at a kid.
1: <laughs> that was the trip, also, where you lost the keys of the van in the ocean, wasn't oh, it? Right? No, that was in Savannah. Sorry, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you lost the keys of the van. We got, we took the kids swimming. Tybee Island Tybee Island and you came out of your face you're like uh yeah I don't I think the keys of the van I we got in into pocket. the ocean
0: with the van key
1: and we had to call a locksmith to come make a new key Triple A,
0: Triple A for the win by the time the kids got out of the ocean we had it made we, it was done and ready to go and they never really had to know but I told them because I'm an idiot I'm always just like look what stupid thing I did that's just how I am oh but gosh we've all done it It's. I mean yeah. not that no no one's been that <laughs> stupid it was weird, too, because there was, like, a riptide that day, and I remember thinking, like, I think I put the keys on the towel oh, in my no. shoe. You know, you put the key in the shoe up by the toe. No one will think to look there. Mm. Um, <laughs> they'll stop at the heel. Uh, they don't see keys. They're like,
1: hey, can oh, no, it. it can't be, yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, I, I realized immediately, like, I've made an enormous mistake. So my but, my day at the ocean was over pretty quick, and I went and started calling locksmiths.
1: But you know what? This is the thing. They just had a youth trip this weekend that Sadie was on, her first overnight youth trip, you know, yeah. and they got to Nashville Shores. That was like their big day thing. They did a service project that morning, packing backpacks for our backpack program here at church for Wilson County Schools because school started this week. And they went and we had pre-purchased, um, you know, we get the group discount and then we had everyone had a meal and unlimited drinks. This oh, It was well. hot,
0: hot Yeah, day, yeah, you, you got to have that.
1: Well, they get there and I don't know if it's just because of COVID. It's the last weekend before everyone goes to school. I don't know if they're understaffed, but they like Ty calls me, our youth pastor. He's like, dude, like we, the kids waited. We we put a youth leader in line mm-hmm. and it was an hour and 45 minutes. This youth leader waited to get food and the kids never got fed. Oh, wow. And when they would wait for drinks, they kept running out of cups or they wouldn't give it to the line. With some- so basically half their day, when the kids are off running around, it was the most crowded the park has ever been. Yeah. And so literally it didn't work out. So they quit early and took them to eat and everything. And they you know, lost like an hour on the day so the kids wouldn't just die of starvation, you know.
0: But I was like, that's a youth trip. Yeah. Like that's – You have to roll the punches on a youth yeah. trip. It's All always you have be- to do is ride. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> I really—I was thinking the other day, because I did write a book uh, for youth ministry called Letters to the Other John. I like how you pointed, like, I believe there's somewhere on the shelf. Wait a second. Yeah, because this is the only place it exists. Do you know we threw away? A lot. 2,000 copies of Letters to the Other John the other day.
0: Those are out there somewhere in the... What if somebody's in a landfill, like, <laughs> this really spoke to me? <laughs>
1: well, forever... For if we you mean,
0: inspired another generation... I don't think so. ...of people who dig through garbage... I don't maybe maybe so. But there are some good stories in there. Yeah. But everything else. You know what's interesting about you as a youth pastor? You're a tremendous youth pastor. But you had a real aversion to like games. You're like I don't want to do we're not going to do Chubby Bunny, we're not going to do because I want these kids to be able to like hear from God on their own and I only have them for an hour a week. I want to like this is going to be serious time. Like you weren't a serious guy all the time. You had funny sermons, but I'm saying like you did not, you didn't have a book in your office of like a thousand and one games for
1: kids. Like that would never have interested you. Games are not my strong suit. Yeah. So i would get leaders to do it. Yeah. And then I wanted them to do game stuff in their small groups with their leaders. Right. But when it's time to have the service time and I told them the first time You night, wanted to
0: feel more like an adult service. I remember
1: the first time I came here that where they come from, there was like 12 kids. Yeah. And I remember it was like 630. we were supposed to start and they were outside playing football. 6:45 outside. Play, and everybody came in, and I turned to one of the kids that was there, and I said, "Where's everybody?" They're like, "Well, this is what we do. We play football." Yeah, you know. And then at the end, the day, I was like, "Well, let's go get them." So I pulled them in that night, and I was like, "Hey, listen, we're gonna have a lot of fun." It's like,
0: like Morgan Freeman at the beginning of Lean on Me. It's very, when the, the, <laughs> there's graffiti on the walls,
1: but the teacher's getting his head pounded into <laughs> the right, concrete.
0: This is school.
1: Yeah, this is what we
0: do here. And you're like, "Not anymore." <laughs> I grabbed my I'm bowl. crazy, Joe. <laughs> And then you grabbed a baseball bat and you chained the
1: door I shut. got the bullhorn and I punched the drug dealer.
0: And then together you held hands and sang Lean on Me. <laughs> it was very motivational and beautiful.
1: You know, was, I don't know if I told you, that was the night. You weren't here yet, obviously, we were at the wedding chapel. But that was the night I was talking about what's at the heart. We have all these things wrapped around us that we, that we show people that's not really us. Yeah. You know?
0: This was the wedding chapel you guys used before we built the building. Right. Just for the listeners. Yeah, sorry. And so We were renting a wedding chapel to have services in. I
1: had this big ball... A bubble wrap yeah and i was talking about how if you
0: it's like our lives if you, yeah if you
1: allow <laughs> some of you you know we have all this we're insulated
0: we we keep people away we're we like don't, john must have got a package today this is uh, <laughs> he's running short on
1: <laughs> no it was amazing because it, it was darker in the room uh-huh. we were in and it, and and the kids were kind of they're sitting like oh gosh here we go you right. know? so i'm kind of trying to motivate them and that was the whole point it's like hey the most fun we're ever going to have it, it, following Jesus is actually super fun when you're when you're all in for this, you know. I was like, but getting to the real heart of who you are, yeah. it's going to hurt a little bit, and, you know. You're gonna. So I started kind of, I would crack it a little bit and pop, and I would crack and pop. So Some of what well, we resist, like really being broken, we resist allowing yeah. ourselves to be known. And so I just went crack, and I cracked the whole thing in my hand. And what they yeah. didn't know is I'd hidden one of those camp lights inside. Oh right. When you break it, it lights up green, dude. That bubble wrap. It was like someone turned on a dang green spotlight, and yeah. I never could have a million years imagined how well it worked. Yeah. And I never forget their faces. You would have thought I stood on my head. Yeah, like like, like I, these
0: kids will ride with me to Valhalla. Like, <laughs> we like, can do anything. It was like
1: I would levitated before yeah. them. Their oh, yeah. eyes were like, oh, you know, yeah. cause it was a that surprise. You like two years? It did. I was like, well, I could do anything. Like, no. Run through
0: walls for you.
1: <laughs> and it was great, man. I mean, so I don't know. I, I often often wonder what I'd do now. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but I think kids have changed so much.
0: I think when I was like putting like a sermon or two together for the very first time, you were like I was going to speak to the youth or I was going to do something, and you were like, you were giving me an idea like that. You were like, I had an idea or two of an object lesson. You were like, hold the object in your hand the whole time. Oh yeah, that was your advice because I think I had like a football. Uh-huh. It was um, the idea was about value. Your value is doesn't change, uh-huh. and with God. Because of grace, I think that was the idea. But the the object was a signed volunteer's football that I'd been given as like a Christmas gift, and it was the whatever season. And I said, "This has been signed by two volunteer like luminaries." And it's and when I got it, I was like, "This is going to be worth so much money. This is amazing." And it was a year after these two people had left, and it was Lane Kiffin and Monty (laughs) Kiffin. It was signed by them, and they ended up, of course, leaving. And it was a big huff, and it was like gigantic not a great fit and then he left us in the middle of the night to go to usc and so we hate lane kiffin so i was just talking about like this value and how it can shift and um if you just go on human perception your value and so you were like hold the football the whole time and that was like your advice <laughs> to me and i think i did i think i did like it was like a little campfire outdoor thing that I did for another youth group and then I did some comedy too. It was like, I just started to do comedy and I was doing like a little 15 minute lesson too. Mm-hmm. You're like, you got to hold that football the whole
1: time. Well, like if you have a box or something, you're going to yeah. reveal something. Uh-huh. If you hold it unopened, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll they'll stay with you because right. they, they got to they know. They got to know what's in the they box. They got to know. Yeah. So you're just torturing them
0: <laughs> and that's how you get
1: people to listen.
0: <laughs> I had an idea for, uh, somebody said that the other day about my show, when I do a show that if I'm doing an hour of comedy, the guitar is on the stand behind me and the audience is like, I yeah. when he's going to – Yeah. and I didn't really think about that, that there's an anticipation of yeah. like, I wonder when he's going to – is he going to use that guitar? Is that from somebody else? What's happening? You should put like you should put like
1: swords or something behind you. Yeah. When, just never when's touch when's the sword
0: coming out? Yeah. <laughs> there was – I think Rick Altizer told me an idea that I've never done, but I may do it for a taping if I ever do a taping where I would just like rig up a harmonica on a mic stand and yeah. just have it over with a spotlight on it. And then just like at the end of the show, at the end of one song, just walk on, just one, one note <laughs> into idea. the harmonica,
1: that's just great. to like
0: have it be a payoff.
1: It was like the single, the single harmony note I did in your show.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Same kind of joke. yeah, the Same one, kind yeah. Of bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Well, Hey, you know, that's a fun memory lane, uh, day, but a lot of them ended with you, but you like having temper tantrums and yelling at people. Yeah. I like it. I felt like I came out pretty scot-free. You did. You look pretty
0: good here. You're the <laughs> you're just the guy who has the green lights and is now a cult leader.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> the kids are like yeah, whatever, he, whatever wants, he wants, give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, what
0: you made them all I, sign like virginity pledges right, right after that, yeah.
1: and that's why <laughs> you must never. <laughs> no, going back though, I don't know. Again, I made myself look good. I realized yeah. I was doing so much in college. The truth was, I did way too much because I needed. Right The affirmation of it Thought I could do everything It was foolhardy well, that's,
0: I think it's a pretty common thing If you're a freshman You want to just take on the world And you want to be achieved You want to be First of all They give you this scholarship And they say You're special And now you want to live up to it A lot of people live their lives Trying to prove people wrong Some people live their lives Trying to prove people right mm-hmm. You know And I think you're probably The second kind Come on guys You have a lot of people Who have said John you're so special You're one in a million yeah. And now you feel that pressure Whereas some people grow up Like they have that chip On their shoulder I feel like I'm in between I have a lot of people that support me. I need more people being like, you can't do it. I think I would create more things Ugh. if I thought there were some real haters I out there. I kind of agree
1: with that. I think that would be helpful. Because when you say one in a million, what I hear is, is, you know what? Only one in a million guys could screw up all the chances that yeah. you've had to do better. Like That's what I hear. Only one in a million guy could really blow this. you know? Because yeah. if people tell you long enough, it, it, it's good. I think I'd rather. But I don't tell my kids she can do. I do tell her, this is awful. We grew up in that you could do anything, yeah. and your mom told you, surely. You
0: told, Sadie you can do five things.
1: Like, you can probably do
0: <laughs> a dozen. Thi- no, I mean. You can do your chores, uh, I'll tell you that, <laughs> or you're not going to get the Wi-Fi password. You can go do the dishes right
1: now. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's one of those, like, I, I think knowing you have limitations is good. Yeah. But there are some people, like, in childhood that all they think is that they have limitations. So, like, I look at you, honestly, mm. and I think you could do anything. Like, that's that's how I see you. Like, that's not like some motivational thing. I look at you and go, Johnny has, like, a very unique and brilliant mind. He also has the ability to connect with people in a way very few people have.
0: Only from holding the football. Right. You have have. <laughs> like
1: if you, when you put it down, it goes away. <laughs> it goes away. Where's the magic? Because <laughs> I used to always, you know, I mean, again, to this, and I, and I always think, too, you know, you're married 26 years a day. You know, we're, we're no longer youngins. But there's still a lot of life ahead. Like there's still a possibility that the thing we we would be most comfortable in or possibly even most known for, not that that matters to me anymore. Yeah. But the thing that if you wrote our story, that, that it, it still may not be here. Yeah. And that's a weird thing. I like that feeling. <laughs> Uh, I'm
0: afraid I am I lean too much on that feeling of like, well, no, you know, it's because it's, it's terrible to think that you've peaked. You know, that's got to be a terrible feeling. Yeah. That's why child stars go crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Because like if you have a catchphrase and you're eight on Disney Plus and yeah. then all of a sudden you have to go live the rest of your life because the show got canceled and you're like, now I'm, you know, whatever. I can't. I got to say what you talking about, Willis, if I want to eat. Yeah. It's like a, so nobody wants to think they've peaked. But, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good thought that like, Hey, what if the thing that I'm, I just want to keep, I really like what I do. And so I just hope that I keep getting to do that. Uh, honestly, that would be enough for me. Yeah. Maybe I need to have more of an itch to do more though. That's probably part. Well, that, that I don't think
1: necessarily this. it's outside of the thing you do, but there yeah. may be a thing that you do that's unique to your craft. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's gonna be outside of comedy or writing or ministry, those things for us, but. Who knows how society changes or what we adapt to. I was thinking about Forrest Gump today because that's like my favorite movie.
0: You think I'm going to stumble like Forrest Gump into world events <laughs> and I'll be the idiot who's just like, what's going on here? And you right?
1: somehow make it all work. I somehow make it all work. What I thought about him <laughs> that's so brilliant, I thought about the day he gets the letter from Apple about the investments. Yeah. And he says, the, he says he's narrating, you know, he's like. Because they had invested money from Bubba Gump in Apple, and then it took off. Mm-hmm. And He goes, "I got this. One day, I get this letter. It's some sort of fruit company, and basically, it said we don't have to worry about money anymore." And I was like, "Well, one less thing to worry about." <laughs> <laughs> and it was so like I thought for the all of from from my story or anyone other any other story I know, if it was real, and you're you're writing it. Or you're reading it, that would have been the pinnacle. The day I had to not worry about money, yeah, you know, and I was praying about this for my own self, you know. The day that I never had to worry about those things is what we all seek. And in his story, it is literally just the shortest foot- yeah, scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. So like, just there is a, and I don't think he's the idiot. I don't. I, I think like he lived the fullest life. That's the whole point of the movie. This guy actually lived.
0: Well, yeah, he didn't know enough to be to have the same hang-ups that the other people in the movie had. You know. Yeah. He just went into it free.
1: And he loved unconditionally. He again, the he loved his friends unconditionally, he loved his girl unconditionally. Like he didn't have any they really couldn't I mean think about it. I mean, Lieutenant Dan's the worst. He's <laughs> the worst, you know. <laughs> and he just loves them, you know. And Jenny is even worse. I mean like it, it it's so <laughs> There's this thing of, I wish I could look through the glass more instead of looking at it so much. Yeah. When you look at it, you worry about it and you don't look at where you're going. And that's where the Lord, I was reading today, you know, that rejoice in the Lord always and in all circumstances give thanks. Well, that's, it sounds like some discipline that God's telling us to do, but I think that's not the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing I ask and that I'll seek is I will gaze upon your beauty. Like, I'm gazing upon the beauty of this life that's granted. And I realized I just don't gaze upon beauty very much. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm surrounded by it and I take note of it. But, like, you know, Forrest, the whole running scene, like, gets me every time. Like, the guy just went running for two years and he remembered. He saw – he was talking about what he saw. He's working something out. He's mourning. But I just think, man – It sounds very – well, you're saying stop and smell the roses. Like I do think there's something to it. Like you look at your career, I look at mine, and I think we generally see the lack or we generally worry about how to sustain it. We generally worry about what's next, Mm -hmm. whether I'm making the most of the opportunity to maximize it so that – mainly so that we won't have lack of either more opportunity or the resources that come from opportunity – So it's this constant, for me at least, state of scarcity, this constant state of forward-looking and maybe regret over not maximizing the best in the past. So it's very, very difficult. And I forget which Enneagram type – there's a tri-type or a – sorry, a um, triad that is very – one's past-oriented, one triad is present, and one's future-oriented. And I forget which one I am Laura could tell me. It's
0: like Charles Dickens. Yeah. It's the Enneagram of (laughs) – before christmas that's that's there's your book idea bro okay guys we just did it the enneagram for
1: more opportunity <laughs> but i do I, I don't live in the i don't live in the present very very well yeah i know that sounds like something everyone would say but like it's it's a it's a problem
0: oh, yeah i think that's it is it's hard for everybody but yeah i think certain types of people are better at i think i got better at living in the moment um uh, than I, than i used to be because of our experiences with the band, because we lived in those highs and lows yeah. so much of we're going to get signed. We're not going to get signed. We have a bad show. We feel like the worst. We have a good show. But then like we're like that opportunity that we thought was going to be there never panned out. But but then it we picked up this festival and we're going to get to and we opened for Switchfoot, whatever it was. And we keep thinking for this dare to be great situation that we're going to step into. And um, that's going to mark our path. And I think because I lived in that so long, it kind of wore me down to a nub that when I started doing this, it was almost like, well, it would be fun if I could do this for my job. That was really the only goal I had. And uh, once I could, I had a goal of like, I like to keep my calendar full and I like to do it for on bigger and better stages maybe. But I really do think at least for those first few years, I was still like so wide eyed of like, this is unbelievable. Can you believe this? In fact, yeah. I think I overshared, you know, you were one of the few people I would tell, like, can you believe this opportunity? And I think I shared it with so many people that they were like, all right, enough already. Like they thought I was like bragging, but I literally was just, I couldn't believe it, that it was working out. And I think I, some of that I've probably lost, you know, cause again, you talk about that. You, you get something to lose, mm. you know, once you yeah. have something to lose, your mindset changes to like, well, now we just bought a house. My calendar has to stay full. Whereas when you're just whatever, yeah. You're just like, I'm making it on a janitor's salary or whatever. I'm just like, that's what somebody asked me that when young comedians always ask me that they're like, how do I go full time? Like I'm on staff, like some people are on staff at a church. They're like, I'm on staff at this church. I'm like executive pastor. I'm a young adults, pastor, whatever. And I'm blah, blah, blah. And somebody asked me that one time and I'd been doing comedy like five years full time. And they were like, how do I do it? And I go, well, and they have three kids or whatever. I go, what do you make? and he'll be like 45000 a year and I go it's going to be really hard <laughs> you know to like make yeah. that make sense in your head because yeah. that first year you're not going to make hardly anything from comedy because you're just A, you're not good enough yet to, to demand that and I was like I I was making so little money that it was just an easier leap for me to make in my head I knew it was the right thing too you know I just knew but but beyond that it wasn't like a big like oh what if it doesn't like it was like a jump from a one boat into another Hmm. but uh it is interesting your how your mindset changes i'm trying to live in the present better it's i think covid really rattled everybody i think that's one of the reasons people are switching jobs or not going back to a job that doesn't respect Hmm. you anymore i mean people are like that's hard that's the hard part now there there is a side of this where i'm looking at you know the conservative side of it where it's like oh we we told people that you know blah, blah, blah. And now they, they feel like they're better than their job and they don't want to work anymore. But I really do think there was this year of introspection or 15 months of introspection where if somebody was unhappy in their church and happy in their marriage and in their job, they just had to sit and stew on it. And we've never had that. Yeah. Like even the racial stuff, we sat around and watched it on TV every day. Whereas when we're all busy lives, it was like people were being choked out by cops a lot. We just were like, Oh man, is this happening again? We just feel bad, but then it was like we were there. We had to live in that moment. So then that ways, and that's a huge broad brush. But I'm saying like COVID gave a lot of people that moment to just like, I can chart a new path. I can be something different than this. And I don't have if my job if my boss hates me and treats me like crap, and I'm making eight dollars an hour. I don't have to go back to that job. There's other jobs. Yeah. So I don't know if we can just get mad at these people. Although. I don't know. It is weird to go into a restaurant and they're like, "It's a two-hour wait," and you're like looking and there's like forty-two tables open. You're like, yeah.
1: "This feels strange." <laughs> yeah, it's a both end. I mean, it's happening though. You're right. I think it's and it's been said, I'm sure, but it's still so key that it is a year of introspection, eighteen months. Yeah, I mean, it's it not at, over. Yeah, somewhere. it's really not
0: over. We thought it was.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think that's not i always look back again history i always look back hey how did they feel in world war one mm-hmm. everybody collectively you know how did they feel in world war Two? how did they feel during the depression you know there, there's there's yeah i'm a, sure the
0: depression felt like it was never going to end we're like oh it's so hard i gotta wear a mask it's like yeah. people were jumping out windows
1: yeah el- el- 11 years yeah <laughs> of you know total i mean again laura's grandfather left to go work for the ccc you know that's he's out west planting trees and stuff you know, trying to
0: Hmm.
1: i mean so there's think about the change of that like a real person stopped doing farming and had to go do this you know and in in order to make ends meet um so i think you know I, i look at that and go this is just our we just have more platforms more it's not all bad. I just think we have a, we have more ways to express the things, and we also have a – I think lots of generations before us, they were thoughtful, probably more thoughtful, but there was an acceptance to life a little bit. Like, well, right. this is what it is, and we're very much like, this can't be what it is. I'll change it. Like yeah, It's yeah, a real yeah. – we have that. You can change things now. Well,
0: everybody kind of sort of rebelled against their dad. That's been a thing is like you rebel against your parents thing, whatever their idea of – if your dad runs a farm, there's going to be a time in your life where you're like, what if I don't want to work on the farm? Right. But yeah, you're right. The past few generations is like, I'm going to actively look for other things to do. Right. Even if I'm sort of interested in farming, I've got to figure out a way to get out of this town. And because it's just, you see on you see other people's social media or whatever it is, and you go, yeah. there's a life out there waiting for me. And that wasn't always available to people. They were just like, this is what life is. Yeah. We On Friday nights, we go down to the Dairy Queen, and this is, you know, it's like, this is real
1: life. Yeah, there was a. I think there's a moment where now I want Dairy Queen. Oh, it's so good! I'm not having it. I'm on day four. I'm on day four. Of doing All right, good.
0: fine. Okay, so, sure.
1: We'll it's my yeah. anniversary, John. Dude, you should have it, man. Listen, you're already fit. You're in the right spot. I'm just trying to get back there, man. Uh,
0: no, but I'll have to ride my bike 40 miles to, for a fine. dipped cone. You could do it. Okay.
1: Put the put the dipped cone in front of you <laughs> right. on a string. Dangle it.
0: <laughs> you could turn the blizzard upside down. It's going to just not, stay won't there. It will come out. Yeah. Come out.
1: <laughs> you know, listener, we hope we've turned some things upside down for you oh, today,
0: and then right side back up and handed
1: it to you mm, with a big spoon through the window. Delicious. Oh, so good and refreshing. You're like, this was refreshing. So, you know what else is refreshing, Johnny?
0: Hmm. Our website. Talk about that podcast. Com, where you can find
1: 171 one archived episodes. Binge those bad boys. Speaking of, we had a listener who yeah. has reached out who has just binged. <clears throat> Samantha says, I started listening to your podcast during the COVID shutdown and I don't like starting things in the middle. So I started listening from episode one. Whew. Wow. And I'm almost caught up. Johnny, that's 171 I I've, episodes. I'm
0: interested to hear somebody's like take on the changes in our personalities. Yeah. I don't, our I don't know if
1: she wants to share that deeply. Yeah. But she's like, hey, i I'm talked enough about you now. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. But she's Maybe. still a fan. She listened to all of them. She did. She says, uh, your drinking in the shower talk always makes me laugh. I Personally, I'm not a fan, but my brother does it. Okay. And my husband does it every now and then. This seems like good people to me. Yeah. Not sure it. why this was, popped up on my Amazon the other day. And it made me think of you guys. I love the podcast, and y'all make it feel like we are all friends. Keep up the great conversations. And she sent us an Amazon to one of these, uh, it's a shower drink holder Oh, like suction cup, suction cup, beverage bottle, drink glass holder caddy. That's what it says. It's like... a long description, <laughs> it's a long description. Stainless steel spring design. So I like this. I'm I'm tempted. I have little. You shelves. need something.
0: Oh, you have shelves, but
1: that's where shampoo goes. You need your own caddy. No, the little ones where the like the little soaps and stuff go. They're too. Although you got to have the small cup in order for them to stay, because half's hanging off. So <sighs> the whole time you're thinking, is it going to fall on my head? I don't know. But you get How past high it. is this shelf? Well, one's way up at the top. <laughs> <laughs> Cups are falling on your head? <laughs> hey, Samantha, thank you so much for the email. We really appreciate it, and we're so glad you're listening and you spent the time. And to all the rest of you who listen all the time, hey, take Samantha's example here. Maybe go back and uh, check out the archives. There's exciting things there that you might enjoy. And uh, you can also head over, like Johnny said, to our website, and you can... Check our Patreon page if you if like. you want
0: to be a patron. We love our patrons. We're actually planning another group call very soon, and some more more uh, exciting rewards for our patrons. Mm. John's got a new book coming out. You'll get a galley copy of that, probably right, John. A little, yes. little pre release copy. Yeah, i will
1: send a copy to all the patrons for sure. So that'll
0: be something uh, good that not everybody gets. Yeah. Uh we'll, we'll go through the landfill and get letters to the other John. We never oh really goodness. explained how those ended up in the landfill. That's for next week. Yeah. It's a tease. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But how then, did two
0: thousand then... books get thrown away? <laughs>
1: and I chose to feels to... like an old fashioned
0: like book burning like mm. like the 70s and 80s evangelicals used to do when you do. throw your own book
1: away it says something different yeah wow that is something <laughs> like, yeah. this is now humility Ozzy Osbourne
0: Ozzy burning his own CDs
1: <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get rid of it Sharon
0: <laughs> that'd be a weird moment
1: that uh, would be weird well guys thank you so much for spending the time with us even when it's weird it's been a lot of fun and we'll see you next week on Talk About That yeah.